Welcome to What's Up With Water, your need-to-know news of the world's water from Circle of Blue. I'm Eileen Ray McCann. In science news, researchers investigating a massive landslide in northern India have published their findings in the journal Science. The landslide happened last February in the Himalayan state of Uttarakhand. It was triggered by a massive chunk of bedrock breaking apart from a high mountain peak. Heat from the high-velocity rockfall melted glacier ice in the mountains below and sent debris coursing through the river valley downstream. Over 200 people were killed or went missing. Most were workers at two hydropower facilities that were damaged by the debris. The amount of rock and ice released in the India avalanche was enough to cover Washington, D.C. to a depth of six inches. The team of international researchers could not connect the event directly to a warming climate, but they noted that climate change does play a role in the stability of mountain slopes. They also said the disaster underscores the risk of hydropower development in geologically unstable terrain. In Canada, a community with a long history of water problems may soon be getting a clean drink. The province of Saskatchewan is seeking federal funding to update the water treatment plant in Uranium City, a rural community that has endured boil water advisories and drinking water warnings for 20 years. The CBC reports that $1.7 million would come from a federal infrastructure fund which is currently upgrading other water systems in Saskatchewan. In the United States, a binational pollution monitoring program has found traces of PFAS chemicals in rain samples taken around the Great Lakes. MLive reports that the program, jointly funded by the U.S. and Canadian governments, monitors airborne pollution. It began testing for PFAS chemicals last August. For their PFAS analysis, researchers are monitoring five sites in a mix of urban and rural areas. So far, the researchers are finding higher concentrations at the urban sites, which include Cleveland and Chicago. Industrial sites are likely the source of PFAS in the atmosphere, once rain deposits the chemicals on land, they can trickle down and contaminate groundwater. This week, Circle of Blue reports on a toxic threat to the world's coastlines. Microscopic phytoplankton are the foundation of the marine food chain and are among the world's most abundant and ancient organisms. These microalgae are essential to ocean life, but when the ecosystem is unbalanced and they grow out of control, they can form hazardous algal blooms. Some species, clustering along the coast, paint the nearshore waters in a palette of fiery reds and mossy greens. Other species produce toxins, which can mean beach closures, fish die-off, and restrictions on harvesting clams and oysters. 
A particularly devastating bloom on the Chilean coast in 2016 killed an estimated 27 million farmed salmon and trout. Anecdotal evidence suggests that these marine harmful algal blooms are on the rise, but are they really increasing globally? According to a first-ever assessment, the answer is no. An analysis of more than 30 years of data did not provide a clear signal on a global trend. But the study's lead author, Gustav Hallengraf, suggests that there may be a better way to examine the situation. Hallengraf is an emeritus professor at the University of Tasmania. He told Circle of Blue that it takes a narrower focus to understand the causes and the risks of harmful algal blooms. He said, Every region behaves differently. Every species behaves differently. We're not making any progress if we try to combine all of that and make a prediction for the whole world. This work shows very clearly that we need to study this problem region by region and species by species. That's the only way we can make progress. The UNESCO-backed study was published June 8th in the journal Communications, Earth, and Environment. It is a sign of progress inspired by the UN's collaborative effort to assess the consequences of climate change. The seven-year project created an international team of scientists to parse the data on marine harmful algal blooms. Though it didn't document proof of a global trend, the study did find evidence of regional variations. Marine harmful algal blooms are decreasing along the west coast of North America and in Australia and New Zealand. The number of blooms is rising in the U.S. Gulf Coast, Caribbean, Central America, South America, Northern Asia, Northern Europe, and the Mediterranean. There was no trend along the east coast of North America or in Southeast Asia. The team used two data sets for its analysis. The first is a broad accounting of blooms worldwide. The other is narrower, documenting cases in which blooms caused economic or social harm. That data set includes over 9,000 instances since 1985 where blooms closed beaches, killed fish, or poisoned people and shellfish. Around 200 algae species are known to produce toxins that are dangerous to aquatic life and humans. By cross-referencing the data sets, the researchers found that the supposed global increase in blooms is due to better monitoring. In other words, we're seeing more hazardous algal blooms simply because we're looking for them, and because we are getting closer to them, as increased coastal development puts more human activities in harm's way. One prominent example of coastal development is the dramatic rise of fish and shellfish farms. Global aquaculture production increased 16-fold between 1985 and 2018, which is the study's period of analysis. Holograf said that more fish farms are leading to more awareness of the blooms. 
Because they send huge volumes of nutrients into nearshore waters, fish farms might also be contributing to the blooms. But Holograph noted that more data is needed to draw a firm conclusion on that. The study did not investigate freshwater harmful algal blooms, which are also assumed to be increasing globally because of more nutrients in lakes and rivers and warmer water temperatures. Holograph said a similar research project for freshwater blooms would be relevant and welcomed. That's not the only item on the researchers' to-do list. Holograph said that the trend study is a starting point for further investigation. He wants to incorporate layers of data on climate change, nutrient inputs from aquaculture and agriculture, and ocean dynamics. Those factors could help to explain what is driving algal growth in certain regions. It could also aid in forecasting blooms. Said Holograph, can we better predict in the future what's going to happen in those areas? That is not easy work. And that's What's Up With Water from Circle of Blue, where water speaks. More water news and analysis await you at circleofblue.org. This is Eileen Ray McCann. Thanks for being here.